Hi everybody and welcome back to Happy Hour with Grace Newman. Today's episode is all about money and finances and making sure you have financial wellness and know about the best ways to save and budget and pay off any debt that you may have. I have my mum here with me today who is a bank manager. She's been in the finance industry for 30, 34 years. 34 years, yes. Um, so she obviously knows quite a lot about money and how to get yourself in the best financial position available. I know that a lot of you may not have this kind of um, information at your fingertips. That's why I thought it would be a really good episode to do. So I will hand you over to my mum and she can introduce herself to you guys. Thanks, Grace. So I'm Gracie's mum. My name's Tanya. <laughs> Um, thanks, Grace, for asking me to give some tips today about money and how to be a bit self-sufficient um, financially in life. Now, I just have to say it's not um, personal financial advice because you have to be trained and certified to, to give out that personal financial advice. This is just some tips on how to do things a little bit better. I don't have all the answers, but I do know a bit about common sense and what I've observed after being employed in the finance industry for the last 34 years. Yes, ever since I left school when I was 17. My background in finance started the day I was born as my father was a bank manager and he worked in the bank for 40 years as well. He taught me good old fashioned values and we always were spoilt with love, but not things. We didn't have a lot of money, just enough to get by. My dad was hardworking and honest and a true gift of being able to give people um, information with his gentle integrity. I observed from a young age how important advice about money could make such a difference in people's futures. During my schooling, I had a part-time shift at Coles from the age of 15, and this was all the money I really had access to as my family were not wealthy, but we'd had enough for a car, a house, food and a good education. I was never taught to rely on anyone else to keep me and always expected to make my own way in the world financially. When I left school, I deferred uni for a year as living in the country, it would be hard to afford to go to uni rent and cover all my expenses. I got a job in the bank as a teller and after 34 years later, I have made a decent career working my way up the ladder until today. Once I started working, I needed a car and didn't have enough to buy one, so I got my first small loan, which took me ages to pay off. And looking back now, I would have rather saved for that car um, and I would have been in a better financial position if I had of. Anyway, I saved and had enough for the deposit for my first home when I was 23. It was tough going, but I improvised so that I could still live a fun life while saving and paying off my first mortgage. Once I bought my first home, which was an old property, which was all I could afford, I rented out rooms to help pay the bills. And even though I'd rather live on my own, it helped out using the boarders rent. Eventually my income increased and I didn't need boarders anymore. And then I was able to afford to live alone. Once I met my husband, we could use the equity in that first house as a deposit for our family home. When it comes to first jobs, I think uh, time is money. I think it's really important for kids to work once they turn 15 to 16 
even if it's only one shift a week. It teaches kids to handle money and deal with responsibility. I believe it teaches more about the real world and helps mature perspectives. No job is too lowly. Got to start at the bottom and work your way up. Once you're lucky enough to get a job and start getting paid, it's really important to get into a savings habit early. I tell young people to set a savings goal from your paycheck, say a third or a half, depending on what else you have to pay for. You can also do a simple budget of what you have to pay, what you want to pay for and how much to save each payday. There are heaps of budgeting tools online to help you with this. Have a go and if your circumstances change, redo it often. Say you get a car and need to have money for rego and insurance and petrol or if your income goes up. Before you get a job, you'll need to get a tax file number and you can get this online. You'll need to pay, you'll need a pay account with a card and an online savings account for your savings. Later, once you have bigger bills to pay, you might want to open another online savings account for the bills money. Keep it separate so that when the bills come in, you've got the money there. So say the rego in your car is $900 a year and it's due in say nine months time, you need to put away $100 a month or $25 a week so that when the bill comes in, you can pay for it. Your accounts can be linked on your banking app so that on payday, you can move the savings away from your card or pay account. If you save over $5,000 in your savings account, you can move that to an investment like a term deposit as well for a little bit more interest. Credit interest is earned on some savings accounts and this is where the bank pays you to keep your money with them. Debit interest is paid by you to the bank if you lend any money off the bank. A good credit rating is needed before you can lend any money from a bank. You can spoil your credit rating if you get loans or even mobile contracts or any other credit and you don't pay on time. This can stop you getting a car loan or a home loan in the future. Afterpay or fast money websites are not a great idea. They, can, these are the killers, aren't they? <laughs> if you need something desperately, save for it. Yeah. Work for it. Put the money away <laughs> for it. And then hopefully you've got yeah. it in your After savings pay, account. Afterpay, just want to mention on that one, it can be obviously very dangerous to get into that habit of buying things that you just can't afford. So be very careful with the afterpay and fast loan services as well. Some people get stuck in the afterpay cycle and they just can't get out too. So you're better off not getting into it if you can, if you can avoid it. So I just want to talk about wants and needs. When you, when you purchase something, ask yourself, do you, do you really want this or do you really need it? If you need it, then you might be able to take your money from your savings account. If you only want it, ask if you have enough money saved for, for the big thing that you're saving for, like your car, your house deposit or a holiday, mm -hmm. and stop and think about it. Take the time to decide. If it's a new outfit, do you really need it? Do you have to live? <laughs> if it's an Avo smash, Grace, <laughs> you have to live a fun life, but you have to balance it up with common sense. You can treat yourself as long as you are still on track to save for the big things that you're after. Things go wrong in life too, so you need an emergency stash just in case. 
Maybe a ding in your car, Grace, <laughs> where the excess can be quite a few thousand when you're young. Getting back to buying a car, you don't need to have the most mm-hmm. expensive, the most brand new car for your first car because you're probably going to ding it. Yeah. And plus, the bigger car you have, the more petrol. Yep. Get an older but reliable car. New cars decrease in value very quickly and usually cost you money. And that's where you have to think about the want versus need. If you do need to get a loan for your first car, you need good credit, you need a job, and you need some savings to put towards it. You will pay fees and you'll pay interest to borrow the money to the bank. So the smallest amount you can borrow, the better. You can make payments weekly or fortnightly or monthly, depending on how often you get paid. So the same sort of situation is for buying a house. Most young adults that I see in my work that have formed a savings habit early end up having a deposit for a house earlier than those that don't. A house usually goes up in value, so that will give you access to equity or the difference between what the house is worth and what you owe. You can use that equity later in life to upgrade to a bigger and better house. The two main things that you need to buy you need to buy your first home are first of all a stable income. You have to be able to prove that you can afford the repayments and still be able to live. Your income must be shown for at least three months or 12 months if you're casual. You also cannot be on probation for your job. You'll need to show pay slips, deposit, deposits to accounts or any tax returns. The second thing you need when you're looking at buying your first house is a deposit. The deposit must be saved over at least three months and it must be usually 10% plus the fees. That's 10% of the purchase price plus the fees. So if, you've got, uh, if you're a first home buyer, the government pays a fair bit of your fees for you, but you'd have to speak to your bank about that. Um, if the government pays the fees, that can save you sometimes up to about 25000 <laughs> Pretty good. Which is a lot of money. <laughs> so for example, if you're a first home buyer and you're looking at buying a house of about 450000 you'd need to have 10%, which is 45000 plus the fees. The fees might be about 2000 if you're a first home buyer. If you're not a first home buyer, they're more likely to be about 30000 So first home, first home, you're looking at needing about 47000 at least. So you need to get an approval that has a, a clause that says subject to finding a property. Um, then you can go shopping for the house. Once you find the house, you can get a full approval and then you can um, sign a contract to buy the home. Sometimes people sign contracts subject to finance, which gives them time to get their loan approved. Once you've got the loan and the house, you'll need a conveyancer or a solicitor who does all the paperwork with your bank and the conveyancer and the bank of who you're buying off. Your conveyancer or solicitor and your bank acts for you to arrange for the settlement which is when you pay for the house and the house goes in your name and then you start paying the loan. That's when the bills start rolling in. (laughs) You also have to start paying water and land rates to the council and you'll have to arrange insurance for your home and contents, which you can usually pay monthly. If you're wanting to buy land and build, 
then you can either uh, find your own land and then find a builder or use it or go and get a house and land package when you get a house and land package you're buying the house and the land together which is usually in new estates um, and the rules are the same with the income and the deposit that you need so I just wanted to touch on um, tax and super when you get paid um, the government takes tax out of your wage which some of you may already know the more you earn the more tax that comes out the government then uses this money to pay for services that we all need uh, like use of the roads libraries welfare pensions unemployment child endowment you'll have to do a tax return each year to see if you've paid enough tax if you've paid to if you've paid enough tax or paid too much tax you might get some back if you haven't paid enough you'll owe them some money to the tax man <laughs> you'll be in trouble <laughs> <laughs> and you've usually got till the next um sort of next six months or so to pay that bill off uh, superannuation is paid by your employer on your behalf for your future retirement and i know you're probably not thinking about your retirement when you're only young just starting your working <laughs> life but trust me, it comes up pretty quick. <laughs> your super fund goes up while you work and that money is there to keep you when you finish work at the end of your working career. Can you take, as you get older, can you take money out of your super before you retire? No. Or? No. No. So it's money that goes away and it's taxed at a different rate. So you actually okay. you actually get it. It's cheaper. But you can't take it out till you're yeah. 65 or 67 in some cases. Um, most super companies also have a life insurance attached to them as well, which a lot of people don't really realise. Um, during my time in banking, there's a motorbike going past, <laughs> I've seen many people, especially women, in situations where they are vulnerable. Some people are financially dependent on others and this can make it really hard to escape the power of that situation. Um, men and women both need to take charge mm -hmm. of their own finances to safeguard this happening. Yeah. There are lots of programs that involve education on budgeting and financial self-sufficiency mm -hmm. that are around that people can, can look into. These courses cover beginner's guides to savings, budgeting, credit and investing to becoming financially smarter. So if you find yourself in a financial pickle, there is help out there <laughs> getting out of debt. There are financial counsellors that all the all the local councils have as well yeah. and they're all around to design people to help with this. Awesome. Any last tips of advice or Well, I just think the main things that I would say is be sensible with your money. Yeah. And um, you know, you still have to live life and have fun. But at the same time too, there are you know, there's certain responsibilities that you, you're gonna And sacrifices as well. That's right. And and things that you wanna get out of life. You wanna have your own house, then then you actually have to work hard for it. Yep. You know, it's it's not um it's not something that's just gonna be handed to you on a platter. Yep. And like mum has seen people from all walks of life, from all circumstances, every, obviously everybody's different. But if you are in the position to make sure you are financially uh, stable and uh, conscious about your money then you're in a very good position in comparison to a lot of other people who 
don't have that opportunity. So I think it's just that people don't stop and think about it very often. Yeah. And they just let it evolve. Yeah. But if you actually make a plan, well, it's going to set you up for life. I feel like especially young people as well. Like I know people that don't have a lot of savings because they go out every weekend, whatever, just don't save. Then other people that have been working from since the same age and have 20 grand saved and drive a brand new car because they've put every single penny into their savings. So. The one thing I always say, because like you said, I've seen a lot of people over the years, the one thing I always say is it's not how much you make, it's what you do with it. Yeah. Because I've seen people that are struggling that might earn $200,000 a year and they're struggling. Yeah. Because they're living a lifestyle that they... that's very lavish. Yeah. Yet then I see single mothers or someone who's on a tighter budget mm-hmm. and and they do amazing they yeah. they they put food on the table they pay for their house they put you know give their kids what they need but they're really particular about budgeting and they end up being able to slowly but surely you know Build most up. of them can can put some money away and set themselves yeah. up so it's not about how much you earn although the more you earn the better <laughs> off you are let's let's be honest <laughs> but it's what you do with it so yeah. just be smart guys yeah you don't need that avo smash five days a week grace <laughs> <laughs> Here I am giving advice and I don't take my advice. <laughs> She's a bit partial to an avo smash, oh, this But girl. you know what? You're allowed, you're allowed to treat yourself. I mean, I work, you know, almost full-time while studying full-time as well. So you're allowed to have your avo smash every now and then if you want it. Yeah. But if you've got bigger and better dreams, then some sacrifices need to be made. Yeah. And, and it might be a once-a-week thing or it might yeah. be a once-a-month thing or depending yeah. on... Depending on how passionate you are about reaching those goals for the big things you're after. Yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's circumstances. I know people who are 18 years old and it's their responsibility to put food on the table for their family. So obviously different people. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Very tough to have those responsibilities in life. Anyway, that's the end of our episode. If you guys have any more questions for Tanya... Let me know, leave me a comment and I will ask her and get back to you. So hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I know it's been a while since my previous one. It's been very hard trying to get our schedules to (laughs) to align and let us to record this little episode for you guys today. So thank you. Bye.